This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Equity Mind. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I am very good, Bryce. I am very excited. How could I not be? Life is good. Okay. Australian inflation, 6.9%, down from 7.3%. Oil is where it was at the start of the year. The cost of shipping is returning to pre-COVID levels. The ASX 200 is actually up for the past 12 months. Yes. It's actually up about 0.6%. Resources. And Australia is through to the round of 16 in the World Cup. Life is good. I am long. I am dangerously long. I am hopelessly long. I am courageously long, Bryce. (laughs) When are you you never long, though? I am... uh, well, I'm just long. <laughs> I'm long Australia. I'm long the market. It's December. Life is good. <laughs> we had the NASDAQ rip three, almost 4% overnight as well as Jerome Powell, the chairman of the US Federal Reserve, came out to say that he might be uh, taking a little easy on the speed of which he increases interest rates in December. So... Uh, Time will only tell, but big episode today. We'll start with what we have learnt over the last week. The ASX share market game has finished and we've had some amazing results come in. So we're going to go through some of the portfolios of the winners to get a sense of what they were buying. And my goodness, is there an Australian theme? I bet you can guess which one it is. And then we're going to close out with a book bonanza as always. Probably one of the last book bonanzas for the year as we approach December and our summer series. We've got bold predictions to review, Ren. We've got stock of the year to review. We've got a crypto update. We've got Andrew Brown in. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. We've got some content to get through before the end of the year. And then we have been working on our summer series, 12 company deep dives, and we've got 12 experts also joining us to talk about those companies. It's going to be epic. What a... What a, what a slate of content we have coming up. But let's start with what we've learned this week. Ren, shall I kick off? Sure. Well, I've had a, you know, that I, me and F- Mr. Philip Lowe have had a bit of a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, governor of the Reserve, yeah. uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia, Philip Lowe. 
I'd say about when we're still at WeWork, so it would have been before August, maybe June or July, um, came out to say we weren't happy with... Uh, you came out? I came out to say I wasn't happy with the performance of the RBA, particularly... Uh, the guidance that they'd given and how wrong they were when it came to the long-term view on interest rates. Well, did we have a change, uh, a bit of a, not a U-turn, but he came out during the week, Philip Lowe, and apologised to all those people that had made a decision to take out a home loan based on his comments that interest rates wouldn't rise until 2024 which I thought was a pretty interesting thing to do. No, he didn't actually apologise to people. He, he said, said he I'm, regrets it. No, he said, I'm sorry if people listened. Well, same thing. No, that's <laughs> kind of like, I'm sorry you were offended. He says, I'm sorry if people listened to what we'd said and then acted on it, what we said, and now regret what they have done. So that's regrettable. I'm sorry that that happened. I'm certainly sorry if people listened to what we'd said and then acted on it. It's like, mate. Yeah, <laughs> what do you think people are gonna do? So I think I think there's a number of things here because uh, I posted a meme about this on our Instagram earlier this week and it got hot. Okay, <laughs> there were people commenting like, uh, "You guys should get out of this topic. You're losing whatever credibility you have left and stuff like that." And then then on the other side, people were like uh, criticizing Philip Lowe. And, and two things can be true at the same time. It can be true that you shouldn't make your home loan or your home purchasing decisions purely on what the governor of the RBA is forecasting. And it can also be true that Philip Lowe did a terrible job of communicating to the public. Like yeah. Those two things can both be true. Yeah, And it's like people got so hot under the collar either criticising Philip Lowe or uh, saying people shouldn't have borrowed based on what he said. But for me, it's like we can work on chew gum at the same time here, people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm it's obviously just a bit defensive because people obviously. were v- vicious in the meme. <laughs> Don't read the comments, bro. Oh, um, it hurts. <laughs> um, I just thought it was an interesting, an interesting thing for him to say. It's like it's like umpires coming out and say they got something wrong. It's a very soft way of him saying that we've we've got something wrong and not, but not really going the full way. Some data was pulled by Alan Kohler to actually look at how many people did take out home loans between the moment he said interest rates won't rise until 2024 and the moment Mm. that he actually raised rates. 1.2 million home loans were taken out during that period. The unknown question is how many of those 1.2 were taken out because of the comments. Yeah. Yeah, So what would it have been? Who knows? But uh, 1.2 million home loans during that period. The, there's a really, in, speaking of home loans, there's a really interesting dynamic that you, we're starting to notice play out and it puts Australia, I guess, in contrast to some other parts of the world. Australia variable rate home loans is the norm and in the US and I think in New Zealand, fixed rate home loans are the norm, but definitely in the US. And so Australians are getting, you know, are feeling this mortgage pain. But what we're seeing in the US is the housing market dry up because ev- no one wants to sell and have to, you know, trade in their 2% mortgage for a 6% mortgage. And so it'll be really interesting to see how these interest rate rises affect the two housing markets differently. Yeah, big yeah. time. Uh, speaking of, and I know we're talking about housing a lot, but I, th- I also thought another interesting start to put it all in perspective as well is NAB came out during the week and said that they expect that housing uh, is likely to drop a further 18% on the on the 
bear case on the on the bear case, okay. which would take it to be one of the most aggressive falls in house prices from its peak last November or whatever it was, whenever it was this year, most aggressive fall in house prices in Australian history, not the most, but one of. That if that happened, it would bring house prices back to the long-term average. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, so um, just puts into perspective the heights from which it was falling. And and that's that's saying if it falls another sort of bearish 18% or so. So anyway, big week in in housing, as always, big week in interest rates. We started with inflation, but what have you learnt, Ren? Well, Bryce, uh, our good friend, Jeremy Grantham, has uh, come across my radar again, so I wanted to bring him to your attention. For people not familiar with Jeremy Grantham, he's a co-founder of GMO, a massive uh, asset manager over in the US, maybe hundreds of billions? 118 billion in 2015, so I don't know what the update number is. Yeah. GMO have released their forecast for seven-year returns. Here we go. (laughs) Now, (laughs) Bryce Lesky, what do you think Jeremy Grantham's forecast for US large caps is over the next seven years? Well, if there is ever one person to be called a perma bear, it is Jeremy <laughs> Grantham. This guy has the most negative outlook on markets. So the outlook for the next seven years on US large caps, on US has, large caps. has got to be negative. It's got to be negative. Well, I mean, keep in mind that we're, in, that we're down 20%. I don't think we've ever had a bad seven-year period after being down 20%. Yeah, okay. I reckon in seven years he reckons then we're going to be flat. He reckons we'll be uh, – so this is real. So adjusted for inflation, down 1% a year over the next seven years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which would be uh, his- history-breaking. But this guy can be a bear when <laughs> no one else can be a bear. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, so I just want to – I thought uh, – you know, every time Jeremy Grantham is negative. Yeah. If Jeremy Grantham's ever positive, we have to do a full episode on it. Sure. Celebrate. Try it. and get him on. <laughs> Just yeah. We have asked. He said no. Not surprised. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no. Look, the main thing that I wanted to uh, talk about what I learned this week is something that has been an eternal bit of frustration for us. And I'm going to look down the camera when I say this. ASX. I am talking to you. This has to change. <laughs> So Stake, uh, full credit to them on their uh, Australian shares platform, they allow you to choose the way that you receive communications by post or by email. So me being the paperwork hating, environmentally conscious investor that I am, I chose by email. Hit uh, confirm and then look at what has come in the mail and I've done the redacting so I can hold them up to the camera one Two, three, four, five, six, seven letters confirming that I would rather receive communications by email rather than by post. <laughs> seven letters. I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and they all say the same thing. They just say, you've told us you would like to receive communications by email so here's the paperwork to prove it <laughs> so the petition what for no the so the equity mates petition for no paperwork starts now change.org change. we're gonna put it in the show notes <laughs> asx the chess replacement may have failed prioritize just stopping paperwork yes maybe that's what we put in the forum is a 
comment here for a petition for no paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it did really make me think. And the thing that I am getting really stuck on is that the ASX thinks about information security different to the way that every other major institution does. The government, your bank. For some reason, the ASX are tied to this idea that sending stuff to your home is more secure than your email. But no one else thinks like that. The government doesn't think like that. They're happy to send stuff to your email. Banks are happy to send stuff to your email. But at its core, the logic is wrong as well because you change house more than you change email. Emails move with you, whether you're renting, even if you own a house, the likelihood of you selling your house and moving is higher than the likelihood of you deciding to get a new email address. Email address stays with you for life, at least when you move from the teenage hotmail, surferdude100 at hotmail.com to the, you know, the alecrenahan at gmail.com. <laughs> your email address will not change. Yes. And why is it that ASX is the only institution that thinks they have to send seven letters to confirm that you'd rather receive things by email? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But let's start at Ren. 2023 is the year we can make it happen because this is a frustration that everyone in the Equity Mates community shares. Every time you buy a stock, well, at least if you're chess sponsored, if you're, chess sponsored yeah. you're going to get... Um, that's another positive for not being chess sponsored. You don't cop all the email, uh, cop all the mail. But it just it blows my mind that Stake literally gave you an option I would rather receive things by email and And it's like it's from the ASX it's from different registries from different ETF providers the weird thing was and then some individual stocks that I hold but not all just some so maybe I've got more mail coming or different registries or different US as well no no only Australian because it's only chess yeah yeah um but some ETF providers and some companies have sent me mail and the ASX themselves have sent me mail, but not all ETFs that I own and not all companies that I own. Maybe coming. No, Tsunami yeah, of paperwork. Or, or maybe some registries do it better. And if that's the case, the registries that do it better, we want to celebrate you. So reach out because this has to change. Has to change. This is just ridiculous. All, All right, right. Anyway. well, let's keep moving. Um, but I do agree. Let's get it going if we can. Petition for no paperwork yeah. 2023. Equity mates, let's make it happen. But uh, And I want the ASX in their sustainability report, you know, publicly listed company, they do a sustainability report. I want you to report on how many unnecessary letters you forced registries to send <laughs> to the unsuspecting and unwilling public. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, great segue into... The ASX share market <laughs> game. <laughs> so we've got a segment. The next uh, segment is that the ASX share market game has closed and finished for the year. Now, we didn't play it in the second half of this year, but we have been following along and uh, tracking some of the star performers and the results are in. And boy, were there some amazing results coming in, not only from the winners, those that came second and third and some of the league winners, but ran overall. So 9,500 participants. Wow. You start with 50,000. The average participant value at the end of it was 50,557, meaning that 56% of people who played finished in profit. Wow. Yeah, so full credit to the Aussie investors out there who in a period of volatility and, well, we did say at the top that the ASX is up 1% year to date. It has ripped 12% in the no, last... No, not year to date, year to date. Uh, sorry, over the last, over 12, the last months. 12 months. It's also ripped 12% since the start of yeah, October. Yeah, it's been a good time to play the game. <laughs> so well, well played. But no, nonetheless, I thought that was um, a great stat to see that over 50% of people playing the game 
did finish in profit. Now, a massive congratulations to the winner, Alan Kay, who's uh player name was Kahuna from South Australia, finished with $73,854, so a profit of $23,000 over the space of 15 weeks. Second place was Danielle S. Dumb Blonde was her pseudonym from Queensland, $71,532. And then third place, Emil, uh, was $69,617. So about a $20,000 profit or, or more for the top three in the space of 15 weeks. Pretty amazing Full stuff. credit. Full credit. Are you about to tell us what they invested in? I am, but before we do that... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Before we do that, we're going to take a very quick break to hear from our sponsors and then we'll be back to deep dive into some of the holdings of these winners to see if there are any common threads. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, Ren. So we know the winners. We had Alan K, Daniel S and Emil H. Uh, all did incredibly well in the ASX share market game. But the big question is what did they invest in over those 15 weeks to get a $20,000 profit or more. What do you think they invested in? It's a very Australian theme. Coal. <laughs> Resources. Okay. <laughs> so Kahuna was fully invested by the time the game finished. Um, so Surely all of them would Zero be. cash. No, so third place, which was... Uh, um, Emil. Emil. Um, Emil. Emil, apologies if we're pronouncing that wrong. At the time uh, they finished, they had 29K in cash, but I'm assuming... But it looked like looking at trade history, they obviously sold out a bunch of their positions. Really? Okay. Yeah, so they, they're only in, invested in... Two in two positions. That's kind of you. You had a chance to win. Don't go to cash at the end. <laughs> no, you go. Got, you got dispensive. Go, go all in. Go all in. But Kahuna ran uh, first place. Uh, had seven positions. Beach Energy. Okay. Chalice Mining. Evolution Mining were the only three resources. And all of those were the ones that did incredibly well. What were the other positions? So the other positions, Costa Group, okay. ma- made a profit of six hundred on Costa. Net Wealth. Uh, Qantas made a $3,000 profit on Qantas. Oh, yeah, yeah. And ResMed made a tiny profit on ResMed. Nice. So almost 50% of portfolio was in resources. Wait, hold on, hold on. But 
50% of the portfolio was in resources. But from what you just said there, they made like four grand profit from the other four positions. No, so Evolution Mining, 3,600 profit. Chalice Mining, $3,000 profit. And Beach Energy, $1,000 profit. So so they must have had some other positions throughout the game. Yeah, 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 a few other positions throughout the game. Uh, Then we had Danielle, um, who was fully invested at the end of the game. Chalice Mining, again. Uh, Capricorn Metals, Northern Star Resources. Perseus Mining and Sandfire Resources. Okay. That was it in, nice. the, in the portfolio at nice. the end of the game. <laughs> made a $7,000 profit on Perseus Mining and made a $6,500 profit on Capricorn and made a $4,000 profit on Chalice. I hope they put real money into these stocks as well. <laughs> no. <laughs> so full credit to those that have their eye on the mining market and resources just absolutely ripping. Evolution Mining was in the um, portfolio of uh, the player that came third, Emil. And throughout the game, they also had exposure to Pilbara, New Hope and Whitehaven. I think we... Could it be any more Aussie? Yeah. Uh, probably not. Maybe some, what, coal? Rio. Yeah. yeah. Fortescue. But look, the theme is, and we picked this up about three weeks ago when we looked at the, um, the portfolios as well. And this reminds me when I play the game, I always, I, I, I never go in mining. I'm just not in my circle of competence. It, it's obviously in the circle of competence of these guys. I mean, it, it could be in your circle of competence. Could be. Like, I'm not interested in it. But that's different to circle of competence. That's true. You could that's analyze true. a mining company. Yeah. You could do a discounted cash flow on, you know, what, how much resource they think they have, what they think they'll be able to sell it out, what their costs will be, and then what their cash flow. F- f- like mining companies, once you have that information, are very modelable. Yeah, that's you true. You could do it. Well, 2023, maybe I'm going to get back. In, maybe I'm going to get into it. Sure. <laughs> do, you, do you not own any mining companies? I own uh, Fortescue. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I, don't own, I don't own BHP. I don't, well, I mean, it's through Super. I uh, don't own Rio Direct. Um, actually, yeah, I don't know. My wife owns BHP. I'm in Fortescue. Mm. Yeah. You guys own it together now. We do. What's hers, hers is mine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so any, any key takeaways? I think just a massive uh, congrats to those guys. Yeah, well but, done. Yeah. I, I guess the question is, I mean, mining has had a really good year because resource prices have been really high. There's mm. been constraints in the system and uh, manufacturers, producers have been willing to overpay for to get their hands on what they need. Yeah. Will that continue? I don't know. Neither do I. <laughs> but that's the million-dollar question. Billion-dollar question. You know, like iron ore, its outlook is probably looking a little weaker as China looks a little weaker. But we've been saying that for 12 months and it just keeps going. Lithium, we uh, spoke about that for the summer series. So uh, we do a bit on that. But, you know, the prices that they're getting are just crazy at the moment. It is, it is phenomenal what's going on in the lithium market. Coal is strong. Natural gas is strong. Oil's come off a bit. You know, oil is back to where it was at the start of the year. Yeah, he said at the top. Oh, true, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't you find that crazy? West yeah. Texas Intermediate was in the 70s. It's now at 80. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Is that perhaps why Qantas did so well for uh, for our winner? So Quant- Qantas came out with a um, profit forecast. Oh, and right, And then right, like four right. weeks later, they were like, oh, Smashed we're it. upping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So oil prices probably have a bit to do with it, but I think it's more to do with rebound in travel that's demand. That's just uh, great uh, management of market expectations. <laughs> yeah. Well, some would say 
how did you get your forecast so wrong uh, wrong that you had to update it four weeks later? Like if a company had to update it on the downside four weeks later, people would be like, come on, guys, yeah. what are you doing? You're trying to wool pull us here. <laughs> True. But on the upside, people get excited. I reckon it's just that all those they've been hoarding all those lost bags and they're selling the stuff inside <laughs> them. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, if you uh, haven't played the game before or you're not sure what it is, it does happen twice a year. It'll kick off early next year. It's a great opportunity for you to, for you to test some strategies um, and get a, get a feel for, for investing if you aren't invested and you want to start your investing journey. You get $50,000 in fake cash and you can trade the ASX 300, including ETFs. So, uh, yeah, well done to those that won. And, uh, Ren, let's keep moving. We'll hit up Book Bonanza, potentially last one. I don't want to call it. but it you, could, This is the second it, time it you've said it. It could be. It could Are you getting be. sick of this segment? No, but uh, <laughs> Gus is uh, – we've got Gus joining us who um, is – so I've, I haven't won any this year. I don't no, think. you won the first I one. I won the first one. And yeah. then it's been dubious ever since because you don't let me answer the same question. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I've actually got a five-question quiz oh, today. Well, we better so get we better get it. into it. We better it. get on with it. Let's, uh, let's get Gus on the line. Okay, so we are joined by Gus. Gus, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks, boys. How are we going? Very good. Very excited uh, for this episode of Ren's Book Bonanza. Bryce has actually called it the last one of the year, so um, lucky that we, we got you on before Bryce killed the segment. Uh, but <laughs> because he's called it the last one of the year, I actually have five questions rather than three this week, and they're all, they're all related to Australia's casinos. Because if we've learnt one thing in 2022, it's that uh, our casino operators haven't been doing too good a job. I thought they were really good. I thought they were making lots of money. They were making lots of money. Uh, The Australian government would say the way that they made that money perhaps needs to be looked at. But we will get to that. Before then, Gus, uh, the three books that you have to choose from today, uh, the first one is Shareplicity 2. A Guide to Investing in U- the U.S. Stock Market by Danielle Akuye. I'm holding it up to the camera if people are watching on YouTube. Uh, the second one is Good Arguments, What the Art of Debating Can Teach Us About Listening Better and Disagreeing Well uh, by Bo Seo. He's over at Harvard, um, so very smart guy. Uh, not investing-related per se, but uh, a good read. And then finally, Self-Indulgently, Get Started Investing, It's Easier Than You Think to Invest in Shares uh, by Bryce Lesky and Alec Renahan. Jeez, that looks good. Also yeah. available on Amazon and Booktopia, only $19 on Amazon right now. So, Gus, they're <laughs> the three books that you're playing for. Any that you've got your eye on? Oh, probably the, the argument one. Yes. Right. I have read the uh, Equity, Equity Mates book and can attest it's fantastic. Nice, oh, I love that. nice. Appreciate that. We Should will put it on any, anyone's wish list. Perfect Christmas present. Give the gifts, gift of financial literacy, only $19 on Amazon. But we're not here to spruik our book. We're here to play Book Bonanza. So let's go. Uh, Crown and Star have both had very tough years. They've been raked over the coals in multiple government inquiries. Let's start with Star. This year... How many state governments found Star unfit to run casinos? Oh, it would have been two. Bryce? Yeah, I'm going to say Victoria, New South Wales, and for the sake of being different, I'm going to throw in Queensland. Well, you know what? Gus has absolutely nailed it. The New South Wales Bell Review and Queensland Gotterton Review uh, both found Star unfit. So uh, 
Gus, you're on the board. No worries, thank you. Let's turn to Crown and same question about Crown. How many state government inquiries found Crown unfit to run casinos? Gus, we'll start with you again. I think it's going to be one because I don't think WA's found anything wrong. Bryce? Three. I do have three, but Gus has made me uh, question my uh, my w- WA inclusion. So let's uh, let's just pause for a second while we look <laughs> nice, it up. Gus. <laughs> nice. Well, the only thing is, I, I know that Crown only operates in Victorian WA. I uh, Gus, I am sorry. I have done the googling. The uh, Crown Royal Commission over in WA uh, found that they were unsuitable to hold a gaming license in WA. So uh, it is three, Vic. Uh, New South Wales and WA. So, Bryce, you're on the board. Hell yeah. (laughs) About time. (laughs) All right. So, uh, this week, Oztrack filed a statement of claim against Star uh, in the federal court outlining uh, a number of alleged failings. This is going to be a closest to the pin question. How many pages of allegations did Oztrack file this week? (laughs) 317. 317. All right, Bryce, what are you going to say? I'm going to say 3,900. 3,900. Oh, who's closer to the pin there? The correct answer is 2,026. But I think Gus is actually closer to the pin. 300 to 2,020. Yeah, that's 1,700 difference. And you said 3,900. That's 1,900 difference. How many many pieces of paper was it? (laughs) 2,026. Oh, 2,000. I thought it said 2,226. Yeah, yeah. So I think Gus is going to... 2,026 pages. That is multiple books. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. Can't say I've read it, but uh, I've read the AFR article about it. Um, All right, question four. Crown, after some of these state government inquiries, uh, was sold to a private equity giant. Which of the following did it sell to? KKR, stock ticker KKR, Carlyle Group, uh, CG, Apollo Global, APO, or Blackstone, BX? Gus, we'll start with you. I want to say Apollo because it sounds the dirtiest. <laughs> All right, Bryce. What are you? Blackstone. Thinking? Blackstone. Blackstone is correct. Uh, you've nailed it there. Two all, and it gets us to our final question. This one was tough. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know the answer to this, so I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Okay. <laughs> Outside of Crown and Star, well, Crown's no longer listed, but Crown was listed. Outside of those two, there are four other casino stocks that I could find on the ASX. Not like aristocrat and like poker machines and stuff like that, but casino stocks. Can you name one of them? Outside of Crown. And Star. And Star, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being being I'm in Tasmania, it'd have to be something to do with Rest Point Casino. Rest Point Casino. But I'm not sure whether that's uh, That's listed or not. Golden Oldie down there, isn't it? One of Australia's, no, it's the Australia's first casino. The, the OG casino. Yeah. Is it actually? Yeah. Wow, first, I didn't know that. First casino down in Tassie. Um, yeah. My, I feel like it's something about a Queensland, Queensland um, casino. So, But I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't there tell you. is one in Queensland, Gus. I'm just doing some research on um, the owner of Rest Point. It looks like they're owned by a company called... Federal Group. Yeah, Federal Group, but it doesn't look like they're listed. No, they're private. Yeah. 
So, unfortunately not. Bryce has said there's a casino in Queensland. He is right, but I'm actually going to need the name. Yeah, I know. It's like some... Uh, it's like a tropical name, I think. <laughs> Look, you're not Catch wrong. Capricorn. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I remember doing this in an, in an industry deep dive that we did on... Look, if neither of you, anyway, no, if neither of you keep, have an let's answer, keep momentum. what was it? If neither of you have an answer, I'm going to give the uh, point to Gus, um, <laughs> oh. and, which means he wins. <laughs> but just for people listening and playing along at home, there were four answers. So Bryce was right. There is one in North Queensland in Cairns, Cairns. Reef Casino Reef. Trust, uh, ASX ticker RCT. <laughs> There's Sky City Entertainment Group. ASX ticket oh, SKC. They own a casino in Adelaide and an, uh, I think four more in New Zealand. Then there is Aquas Entertainment Limited, ASX ticker AQS. Now, the name might be confusing, but I'm certain Bryce knows this company. They own and operate Canberra Casino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it well. Gus, have you, have you ever been to Canberra Casino? Uh, no, nor do I plan to. Put it on the bucket list. It is glorious <laughs> down there. <laughs> and then the final, uh, the fourth ASX listed casino stock outside of the big two uh, was Donaco International Limited, ASX ticket DNA. They own two casinos, one in Vietnam, one in Cambodia. So there you go, uh, Gus. You have won our casino-themed episode of Book Bonanza. Uh, which book would you like to take home? Oh, I'd love to take home the, the uh, one on arguing. Great. We'll give you that. We'll also send you a book, Get Started Investing. Feel free to re-gift it to someone for Christmas. Uh, oh, but, thank you very much. But uh, we appreciate you coming on and thanks for playing. No worries. Cheers, fellas. Keep, keep it up. Well, Ren, there you go. Uh, potentially the last book for Nancy for you. I know I keep saying it, but a uh, great way to finish. Five questions. Did enjoy that. And a great episode. We will be back next week with plenty going on. Uh, we've got a... Next week signals the start of uh, the wind-up for Equity Mates. Oh, yeah. We've it's, got it's getting horizontal season. Yes. It's, uh, it's December. We've yes, it's December, and we have uh, who won our stock of the year for 2022. I actually haven't looked. I I honestly don't think I can remember what I picked. I know what I picked, but let's okay. Say so that. let's see. I let's see how that probably, goes. So I'm have to for go. context for people, we've done this what three previous years. Yeah, and you've won every time. Yes, and not just one, one convincingly. Yes. <laughs> nice. Well, I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to see. Can't wait to see who wins next week. And then on Thursday, we're joined by our friends at Fidelity to talk about uh, the, the big trends happening in uh, demographics and how that translates to investment opportunities. And then, of course, we've got bold predictions review. Andrew Brown to come in for his and a crypto year in review. Plenty happening. So over when the next Bri- two weeks. when Bryce says, "Oh, we're winding down and we're getting towards the end of the year," what he means is we're going to be pumping out heaps of content. <laughs> Stay tuned. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you're listening so you don't miss an episode because this is going to be a lot of fun. Love it. Well, we'll leave it there, Ren. Pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. 
This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.